Good evening and welcome back to The Breakdown. I'm Luke Rock. And I'm Kurt. And we are so happy that you're joining us today for our week seven yeah. of The Breakdown. Crazy. This is the number of perfection, so we can't have <laughs> anything go wrong which, tonight, Which can is we? so ironic because everything has gone wrong. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, there we go. It's perfect. Number so, of perfection and we're nailing it already. There we go. There we go. And this way they can just look at our faces and not be distracted by the beautiful yeah. backdrop that Dave LeBeau always puts up for us. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so cool to see how things yeah. work and uh, really so. to trust the Lord at the end of it all. Absolutely. That and it is about what we're unearthing and discovering, not necessarily about all the awesome production that we can make yes. happen. So. <laughs> yes, yes. And big thanks to uh, Dave LeBeau. Seriously. Alex Laramore and Haley Wiles for all the work that they always do for us every single week. Yeah, it is super awesome. A lot goes into making this happen. And I just want to say, you know, Luke, we're bumping into people every week. Thank you so much for letting us know that the breakdown is being a help and a blessing to you. Yes. It's really good to hear that. It's very encouraging because it, it reminds us to keep going and keep unearthing and discovering. And I'm also finding, you know, every pastor wants to make sure that people are going back and studying the word and listening and rewatching the message. And I'm hearing a lot of you say that, like, hey, before the breakdown comes on, I go and listen or watch Pastor Zach's message all over again. So it's a win-win. Absolutely. I do it too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Probably for some different reasons, um, yeah. but we're studying, but <laughs> so um but yeah, just as a reminder, you can find the breakdown episodes and all of our uh, sermons yeah. both on YouTube and Facebook, but also on the HPC Sermon Notes podcast on Spotify and Apple um, iTunes. Which is so cool. We have so much available to us today. So pretty amazing to be able okay. to discover and unearth. So let's go before the Lord right now and trust him for what he has for us. Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, thank you first and foremost for our pastor, our pastoral team, our elders, uh, men and women who are really giving of their own lives to seek you to pray, to trust you for the direction of the church. And we're just so grateful, Father, that you give us a fresh word every single week and we get all week to meditate on it and even further, Lord, as we uh, just discover more of it today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're continuing in the series oh, that oh. Uh, Pastor Zach has started for us. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm loving it. Oh, it's awesome. I the King's Academy. It. Yes. Um, so last week, the focus was more on um, the time between David's anointing to yeah. his appointing mm -hmm. and that time of preparation. So that's, that's, that's the whole focus of the series. But the lessons that David learned last week can basically be summed up like that was him drawing on the Holy Spirit yeah. and, and going forward in the power of the Holy Spirit and not his own strength. Yeah. And this week... Um, with the with the role of David and Jonathan and focusing in on that friendship, we really see how God not only empowered David by the Spirit, but he also empowered David by putting a strategic person in his life mm -hmm. um, to, to, so that he could draw strength from a person as well. And, yeah. and I think that really highlights the relational aspect of God, both as a spirit and then also how he honors us by creating us for community with each other, and then even Jesus coming as um, as a human. Yeah, you're, you're hitting on so much there, Luke, and this is actually really exciting because we do see the spiritual component last week where we do learn privately. You know, we go along with the, with the Holy Spirit like David, learning out in the wilderness, caring for the sheep and tending the sheep, and then 
we come to the study and the lessons this week, and we see how the Lord has brought somebody alongside him. And just really an important aspect for all of our lives. You know, we always have these, I know we're going to get to this in a little while, but many people are just, oh, I'm I'm all spirit, all I need is God. Yeah. And then some are saying, well, I, I just need people. And Pastor Zach hit on that in his message. So just really cool to see how we started with the spirit last week and we're moving into the relational aspect person to person this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now going into that, Pastor Zach spent a lot of time on the concept of covenant. Mm. Um, so what what is a covenant? Because I think for for a lot of us, I know for me, growing up, that was a word I heard a lot, and I had maybe an idea of what it was. But if you asked me, you know, like what's a covenant, I'd probably been like, well, it's a it's a covenant. <laughs> um, it's some kind of bond yeah. between people, and 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 it, and I think that's how a lot of people are. They have this idea of what this word is, but we don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, that's a great question, Luke, and I think you're really hitting the nail on the head. And in fact, in a lot of our classes at School of the Spirit, we're tackling this concept of covenant, Mm -hmm. uh, which really goes all the way back. You're reading it in the scripture with Abraham and how God established covenant with Abraham. Mm -hmm. And just a really interesting point here, because what happens is it is more than a contract. It's more than you just signing your name and saying, okay, you know, I'll, I'll commit to do this. No, covenant is like a pact or a treaty, a real heartfelt commitment with vows and exchanges. Okay. And, and Pastor Zach was bringing this up on, on Sunday because we see that Jonathan gave him his royal robe. Right. And so you see the exchange. A lot of times you might see in a covenant, it's not just words, it's not just commitment. And even like Pastor Zach was saying, it's not just a simple promise because a promise can be one-sided. Right. And whether you're here I first, will do this for you. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. anything. I promise to do X. And whether you were here first service or second service, Zach had some great examples of, of what a promise might be like. So that was pretty hilarious where it is that one-sided focus, but the covenant is an exchange. So just like marriage, yes. we, we make a promise to each other and vows yes. and we exchange rings. That's correct. I was going to say, you, you have this ring that you're exchanging, you're vowing, and there are terms for those vows. And then you have the exchange of rings. And typically, not so much do we see in the scripture this particular covenant with David and Jonathan, but many covenants are sealed in blood. They're a binding. There's a, there's a sense of binding to them. Um, and one of the things that I love is if you bring this all the way to the New Testament, which really just is a picture of the new covenant that we've been brought into is if you, you know, we're just going to jump from 1 Samuel now with David and Jonathan and just take a look at what God provides for us. This new covenant with God is we give him our sin and he gives us his righteousness. Wow. Wow. We exchange our sin because really all we have to give God is our mess. Right. And he takes that mess and he turns it into something beautiful. Because our righteousness, the, the good things that we might think we can give God really are just filthy rags. filthy rags in his presence. So just kind of this beautiful notion that you're seeing here with covenant, which is something you see begin to play out with Jonathan and David, whether it's an exchange of a robe or a sandal. And that way, when you're out there in the community or when you're out there, you see, okay, like you belong to this person, the same reason we wear our wedding bands and marriage. Hmm. Okay. So this covenant between Jonathan and David was very serious. Yeah. It's not just a friendship. Yeah. 
It's so true. And um, I, I think one of the things that we, we bring it up here that Pastor Zach was saying on Sunday is it's so serious that even after the passing of Saul and mm -hmm. the passing of Jonathan and that generation and then everybody else who was connected to Saul and Jonathan gets slayed except for this Mephibosheth, which interestingly enough, somebody was telling me they were reading this story on Sunday morning and couldn't pronounce the name. So they were so happy when they came to church <laughs> and Zach saying Mephibosheth, it was like, that's awesome. <laughs> And so we see, you know, this boy who's at five dropped by the nanny and has to escape and flee. And when you read this beautiful account, you see that he is really concerned about coming before the king. But this is what you were talking about. The relationship with Jonathan and David was so strong that David was holding to that covenant for Jonathan's sake, that he even cared for this lame, broken person. Mm. And I really love what Pastor Zach was bringing forth on Sunday morning, how we had this word, I believe he shared at both services. Yes, that did. Yeah. So Jackie Santos, one of the prophets of the house, shared that the Lord had put on her heart that he will come and move again in New England, but this time only in the way of Mephibosheth. Mm. And just hearing what Pastor Zach broke down about that, we can, in this gospel story, right, in the 21st century American Christianity, we can look at our life and we can see ourselves, when you read it, we see ourselves often as the Mephibosheth, as the broken, as the maimed, as the lame, right? right. And this is what Pastor Zach was saying, but if we understand that we have been given this new covenant of grace, then we actually have the way to cover the brokenness of others, which is exactly what right, happens right, with David right, and Mephibosheth. Right. Because um, in the new covenant, we come to God with our brokenness. Mm -hmm. So we are, in a sense, that Mephibosheth. Yeah. Um, where, and God covers us and royalty. But now we have this responsibility um, to the world and those around us to then uh, cover them. That's it. And, and, and Pastor Zach was bringing this point up. It's one thing to receive that gift of grace from, from the Father, right? Mm -hmm. To recognize my sins are forgiven. There is a way for me through Jesus. Right. It's another thing altogether to be able to provide mm -hmm. that covering for right. someone else who really is in the lineage of the, the person who hated you the most. Right, 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 right. And, and you know, tapping into that thing, because we come to God with our sin, He gives us grace. Yeah. That grace is more than just... Um, cleansing from sin with that come our gifts yes we are graced with gifts mm -hmm. and as i operate and grow in my spiritual gifts i then impart that grace to others yes it's so good it's so important for us to park on that. That's why we wanted to spend a few minutes and talk about this concept of covenant, because we receive it first from the Father, and just as we have received, we have to freely give, right? That's what right. Jesus taught us. So it's the importance of providing that, and it's not just providing it and covering brokenness, but also providing right. it, like you're saying, in the element of gifts. In building up the body. Yes. You know? Um, and, and that goes back to the whole relational aspect, you know, first with us and God yeah. in that covenant, yes. you know, that that's the foundational covenant, but then we are to walk in covenant with each other, mm -hmm. um, both as a, as a church and then also as like these intimate, uh, David, Jonathan relationships, because there's different aspects of growth and, and, and you know, ways that God uses those to benefit us. Mm. 
I just want to take this moment to make a quick plug for some of our small groups like a heart study yes. or a yes, soul study. Absolutely. Because we can receive this experience with God. Like Pastor Zach was saying, we can have this awesome transformation. And it's great when it's just us and God, right? But it doesn't stay there. It has to break off horizontally. It has to begin to move with the people that we interact with. And I think there's so many people right now walking around with church hurt. You know, yes. we're going to get into a few yeah. things here about friendship. Like Pastor Zach brought us these three lessons this week, friendship, vulnerability, mm -hmm. and trust. Th those are dangerous words for so many Christians today because there's so much right. hurt. Well, well I even the word covenant for some people is, it, it can be scary, scary because it can, it's used in such very strong language, depending on what your denominational background yeah. is. Um, because those churches tend to be more formal and depending on what the process was for church discipline, which we won't get into today, yeah. but that can, that can trigger things for people. Mm. And I think, you know, coming here to HPC here at His Providence, one of the things that you discover right off the bat is the beauty of this church and the reason you hear it in the messages and you, you hear about yielding and deliverance and soul and heart study is because we are all about taking what has transpired in the heavenlies and bringing it down to work here so that His kingdom comes Amen. on earth as it is in heaven. And you can't do it without interpersonal relationship. No, you can't. You can't. We cannot avoid walking with each other yeah and I think it's so easy I was talking with some folks today in our soul study and just it's so easy to let those walls go up and to kind of keep everyone and everything at arm's length and so I really like that Pastor Zach is taking us through through this King's Academy so that we can see let's come now off of this amazing place in the spirit and let's make it practical because that's really what happened on Sunday Pastor Zach was bringing us to the practicality of mm -hmm. friendship vulnerability mm -hmm. and trust so let's hit on some of these things here Luke so what's interesting is if you look at the general trend and research on friendship in America, mm. um, what the research shows is that over the past few decades, the number of close friends that Americans have has been decreasing. So according to uh, research from the Survey Center on American Life, for example, in 1990, um, only 3% of Americans said that they didn't have any close friends at all. Wow. But bring that up to the from the same source. Yeah. The same survey was redone in 2021. That number has increased to 12%. Really? So 12% of Americans say that they don't have any friends at all. So that's a fourfold. Four times. Fourfold increase. Wow. Yes. So, and that trend of losing intimacy with those around us, um, that carries throughout um throughout the studies that you see, mm. um, particularly um, among men. Women tend to have more close relationships um, than men do. Um, and then when you look at teens, like teens will say that they have friends, but a lot of their time that they spend interacting with them is through electronics, social media, online. So, and we know that that's not the same it's not. as interpersonal connection. And we are wired for, for friendship. We are. There was a, uh, a study that I saw from Harvard that showed an association between lack of intimate friends and an increase in inflammation in the body. And inflammation in the body prolonged can lead to lots of different um, adverse health uh, conditions. 
Well, dude, I, I love that you're a nurse because you're always bringing that stuff up. I think it's great that you always have the health <laughs> stuff right there. It's I really it. fun. It's really fun. I want to pause for a few moments. The results on, of the research are not fun. No, I know, but so. it's it's great. And I, I think we, it benefits yeah. us hearing for what you have to bring. I do want to pause for a moment on this piece on friendship and how important it is. 2007, we saw the dawning of the smartphone, and it completely changed our world forever. And it's so interesting because Pastor Zach was kind of preaching on Sunday and saying, you know, friendships are a lost art. Thank you, social media. And not only, like you said, you're talking about the increase in inflammation, but we have connections happening online. We're getting likes, we're getting feedback, but it's so fabricated and fake. You have to see. Yeah, and, and the one thing I was thinking about with that was when these kids say friends, how much has the concept of a Facebook friend actually ruined the word of what a friend really is yeah. in their minds? It's like, well, yeah, I have friends. Like I added someone on Facebook. Is that, you know, they, they're not thinking that way. You yeah. have a whole generation that was not raised with friends the way we thought of it before mm-hmm. Facebook. Yeah. And it's really important to come back to that place and say, okay, do we know how to have interpersonal connection? Do we know how to look each other in the eye? I mean, so much gets said. It's so easy to blast somebody on a text message or on a social media thread and to say everything you feel that you would never say in person when you're looking them in the eye. And I also think that we have separated ourselves from that other person being a human. They are another human who Jesus Christ died for. And so getting in front of one another is really important, which is why the scripture teaches us to not forsake this gathering one. together. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So one of the reasons why we get friendships and why the Lord wants us to have these relationships in our life, like he had for David with Jonathan is, and Zach had a great quote. It's like, if the Lord doesn't pull you um, out of a dangerous situation, he, he, he probably put someone in there with you. Yeah. We need people to walk through the difficulties that we all face because we all face them. Yeah. I was, there were so many great quotes coming out of Sunday's message. I mean, you had that one, you had God will put people in your life to stand between you and the enemy. Mm -hmm. When you think about Jonathan occupying that role, Saul absolutely hating David and Jonathan stepping in flesh and blood to Saul, but stepping in to make covenant Mm -hmm. with David, just something so beautiful. Right. Right. And you know, that's why I think, you know, for those of us who are blessed to have those close friendships, we need to treat them like the treasure that they are. Yeah. That, that's something that's really important to say, you know, let me come off of how often do we have to put down the phone? You know, whether I, I notice it when I'm at home with the kids or with my mm-hmm. wife, we are so focused on these artificial or, or just maybe they're real relationships, the text messages, the social media threads. Mm-hmm. We're doing all that. We're forsaking the people who are offered right in front of us. Yes. And so if we're really treasuring the gift that those people are, because they are, then we have to be willing to put aside something mm-hmm. that may seem super demanding at the moment, but to say, no, I value you. I treasure you. Even just practicing this, I'm hearing about friends that will go out, you know, for uh, a meal and they just all put their phones in the basket at the table, or they all make a commitment to shut the phone off and remember what it's like to be friends again. Right. Right. Because we do need each other. And and there's another great point here that we'll get to in just a minute on on vulnerability, but I'll let you take us there. Yeah. So the, you know, we have these friends but it's, we're meant to walk in a deeper relationship than just, you know, these casual light social exchanges. Mm-hmm. Now you can't have that with everybody, but you, it is very important 
that we have the right people in our life to whom we can be vulnerable. And that's the second mm. lesson. So the first lesson Dave, uh, uh, David learned this week was friendship. friendship. The second one is vulnerability. Mm. And the thing is relationships will not, these kinds of deep relationships will not work unless there's a mutual vulnerability. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because uh, another great quote that came out uh, of Sunday's message was, um, you know, if you refuse to be vulnerable with a friend, you know, then, then um, that God put next to you, you actually become vulnerable to the enemy. Right. right. And I had to think about this. Okay. I was I loving really this. I really had to think about this because I was like, okay, that's true, but why? And it's because just as we are hardwired for friendship, we are hardwired for the need to be vulnerable. Mm. At some point, mm. you will be vulnerable. Yeah, that's true. Because you have to, you, you, you have to unload. Mm. So it's, who am I unloading to? Yeah. It's interesting because I just get this image of somebody who is like fully vested in armor, but there's an area exposed. And when you, when you have that friend right next to you and they're able to see the exposure, they can cover it. Right. But when you turn, you turn towards the enemy who can now... <laughs> the breakdown. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I mean, you can't make that stuff up. Thank God we're not exposed. I'm glad you're here with me, brother. <laughs> uh, so I, I just want to say, because we, we ha if you drive over on Route 6 and you're near like uh, the Not Your Average Joe's, the At Home, the Chick-fil-A, if you're right in that intersection, there are these birds. And they're the European starling. I want to thank Matt Eckerson and Joel Eckerson for reminding me about these, these creatures. And I'm bringing this up for a, a reason because if we learn to be vulnerable with one another as friends, then we stay together, we're protected against the enemy. If we refuse to be vulnerable with one another, then right. we become a target for the enemy. So these European starlings, they hang out all together and then they start moving in the sky in these motions to actually ward off predators who, if they were alone, would attack them individually. Right. And I just thought this is such a beautiful picture of how we have to stay together. We have to be vulnerable with the right people, which I right. think is a really important point right. to bring up. And, and you know, cause I just recently had an, a situation with one of my friends where um, he shared with me something and I was like, Oh, why didn't you tell me about this sooner? Mm. And, and he's like, Oh, you know, it was easier to talk to other people like that. I knew like, wouldn't really care about it, but you know, like the closeness of our relationship bring brought up like a, another barrier but at the but when he shared with me then he actually had more breakthrough wow. and he's like you're the only person i could have really had this conversation with wow so it's tough for us to be vulnerable with the right people sometimes yeah because um, satan knows yes. satan understands <clears throat> the importance of vulnerability he understands that you know like you can and you can go back and read how he approaches Eve in the garden he approaches her in a very intimate way getting and and asks questions to get her to confess like what she really thinks mm. and then he twists it to get to 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 you know a, you know shift her desires and pull her away from god mm. you know really she should have been going to to god or and 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 her husband yeah it's, it's so great that you're bringing that up because I know for me, dealing with my own hurts and then coming here to HPC, His Providence Church, and, and kind of feeling like, man, can I really be vulnerable again? We haven't even gotten to trust yet, but can I trust you know, even the leadership to be vulnerable again. And I'll tell you what, I got myself into some situations last year where I had no other choice other than to be vulnerable with my peers and vulnerable with the leadership. And it was so transformational. Yeah. But like you said, if I had let pride keep me 
from being vulnerable, I would have missed out on real right. transformation. Right. I would have missed right. it right. because I was so concerned about covering and protecting, but in covering and protecting myself, I'm an open target for the enemy. Right. Right. Now, it, that doesn't mean that we just become extremely vulnerable with everybody. No, it does not. And, and Pastor Zach brought that up. Um, there is a, a push, I think, in our culture where it's like, yeah, you can just, you, you know, you want to discover your trauma and like lay it out for the world. Mm. The fact is, though, that tends to um, lead into more of a identity as a victim. Yes. The world is okay with you identifying as a victim. Yeah. And there's a push for that. Um but you know the way God wants us to be vulnerable, it's in a way that we 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 share what's going on, we share our deep hurts, we share our struggles, but with the goal of coming back into true identity, which is not victim. That's it. That's it. Th this is so important. We have to really park here, even for just another minute, that in the world, vulnerability and exposure is really for the sake of like almost like sympathy and empathy. Yes. But in the kingdom, right. it's to be exposed so you can be healed and go to that place where you're supposed to be the identity, the true identity. We never stay in that place no. of brokenness no, in don't. Christ. We don't. You were bringing up yesterday the woman caught uh, in adultery and what a beautiful picture that is. Right. So obviously, you know, when... When she's when she had no choice, she her her um, her sin and her brokenness was put on full display for Jesus and those around. Um, but the way Jesus handles the situation, I think, is a, is an excellent model of how we are to handle uh, when people are vulnerable with us and yes. we're in these intimate relationships. So you know the the accusers they 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 cast their stones to the ground and they walk away. And then Jesus says, "Daughter, where are your your accusers?" they aren't there and he's like then neither do i accuse you hmm. go and sin no more yeah. so he doesn't he doesn't leave her in that's, her status as an adulterer that's it he but he does not say that what she did was fine right he affir but he affirms the relational aspect which is you are my daughter that's it and you are to now go and sin no more because that is who i have made you to be yeah and so when people share those, share mm. their things with us, when, when we unload with each other, it's not for the purpose of, you know, because I have that fear. You know, we all have that fear. They're going to see me for the worst thing I ever did. Mm. But when we're in these, these Christian Christ-like relations where we, where we reflect Christ to each other, it's, I see your brokenness, brother. I'm broken too. Yeah. But this is who Christ has made me to be. This That's is who it. Christ has made you to be. Yeah. Let's move forward. It also brings to to us as as just followers of Christ and friends the importance of being good handling somebody's vulnerability. Like if somebody's willing to entrust you mm -hmm. with their vulnerability, they're obviously finding something in you that's trustworthy. Yeah. So let's not run that over with a Mack truck. Let's mm -hmm. let's receive that. And like you said, don't don't encourage staying in that place but i think far too often we hear somebody they expose themselves to us and then we begin to be like wow like i you start looking at them differently yes. and we start judging them that yes. is not the way of christ especially if somebody's going to reveal something right. but just to be open that right. you can love on them the way jesus did and, and i think if if we find ourselves going to that place that that judgmental place we need to go back to the holy spirit yeah. because there's obviously more work that That's God it. has to do in us. That's it. You know, um, I was listening to um, a pastor, his sermon, Kyle Eidelman, and he has this really great saying. 
you know, God want, has to do something in you before he can do something through you. That's good. Um, so if I am having a hard time receiving vulnerability, I need to go back to the Holy Spirit and, and I say, God, help me to receive people's brokenness the way you receive it mm. and in, in a life-affirming way. That's so good. Well, Luke, we're already closing in on uh, less than our final five minutes here. So we want to hit trust, and then we've got some great homework questions for you. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to trust, we said this earlier, you know, we, we often see two things, two extremes. Either we have people who say, I only need God, I don't need anybody. Or people say, like, I really can't trust God, but I'm willing to trust people that God sends around me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I have found myself in both places. <laughs> yeah, I think we both have. <laughs> um, if we're being vulnerable, <laughs> right? But we and, and you have to trust. You have to trust God, but yes. you also have to trust people, and it takes it takes discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, and trust the trust in God is knowing that God has designed us for relationships, so God will put those people in our life. Mm. He will. Yes. Um, I know for me, I, that was something I had to pray for because a lot of my, especially like my younger years, I felt very alone. Um, even though I was around a lot of people, I really didn't feel um, close. I didn't feel like, I felt like I didn't really have a lot of close friends. Um, and I really prayed for it. And that was something that God has honored in time. Mm. Um, and now looking back, I can see how even in those alone times, like God was doing work in me to prepare me for those relationships. So it's trusting that God's going to show you what has to change in you and know that he's going to bring those friendships uh, into your life. And then you have to, you have to trust them and know that it's a, it's a messy process. You know, this is why, you know, in Ephesians four, you know, Paul says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And that's the key part, just as, right? Mm-hmm. So God has already done the work, so therefore we can do it. Um, and, you know, what I, what I love is that Zach was sharing on Sunday, uh, when we're young in the Lord, we have people who are around us, and they teach us to trust God because we've never mm-hmm. met him, we've never encountered him. And then when we get older, we get a little more mature. God is teaching us to trust people again right. because we've right. been hurt and we've been wounded. Right. Um, and so we do need both. We need God. We see yes. this last week. We need the Spirit of God guiding us and leading us regularly, and we need friends to trust that he has brought alongside. So some great stuff we're tackling. Let's wrap up with these questions. Okay. So the first question is of, is going to be, who is the Jonathan in your life? Who is the Jonathan that God has put into your life? Because um, if we trust God, we know that he designed us for community and he wants us to have um, these, these, these rocks in our life to yeah. help us in these, these difficult moments. And then the second question is, am I a Jonathan for someone else? Because so that's good. also another thing that you need to be aware of is you are also designed to be that rock for someone else, especially as you grow in Christ. Yeah. Um, and then the last question is, how can I work on both being vulnerable and then receiving vulnerability? Because this is something we have to grow in. Yes, we do. And ask yourself, what is the risk? What's the risk of me not being vulnerable? And that's you carry all that stuff on your own. Mm. And then how do I steward the vulnerability that someone shares with me? You know, I think we, it's easy for us to think of times when we were vulnerable and then someone betrayed us. Yeah. But what about times when someone was vulnerable with you and maybe you didn't steward uh, that information in the That's most Christ like manner? You know, because we are all we are all prone to to stumble in these ways. Yeah. You're either a Jonathan or a David. 
you know, you're, you're both in yeah. many situations. So finding the relationships where you're the Jonathan and being a good Jonathan, finding the relationships where you're the David and really submitting, you know, to that, to that relationship mm. with Jonathan. So great stuff today. Thanks so much for joining us once again. It's really been a great time to tackle these messages. So go yes. back, read first Samuel 18, 19, mm-hmm. um, and even check out Mephibosheth in second Samuel. And we'll just close in prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for what you've done in our lives as we've unearthed more of this scripture and more of this study today, learning about friendship, reiterating friendship, trust, and vulnerability. Lord, would you help us by your Holy Spirit to walk in true friendship, vulnerability, and trust. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great week. Have a good night.